Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh my God, look at this. I recently read a report about the discovery of a lost city deep in the jungles of Cambodia, and I jumped at the chance to investigate. I want to tell you a story that begins over a thousand years ago. It's 802 AD in Southeast Asia, and a mysterious ruler named Jayavarman II appears on the scene. Inscriptions say he founded a city in the mountains where he conducted a strange ritual. Supposedly, a mystical priest used spells and powerful magic to give a sacred stone artifact known as a linga, the divine powers of the Hindu god Shiva. The king, or anyone else who controlled the stone, would have the ability to incinerate his enemies. You remember the Shankara stones from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom? Yep, those were lingas, and I think we all remember how that turned out. So, it all sounds crazy, right? But here's the thing. This ritual might just have worked. Because the so-called God King succeeded in kick-starting a dynasty that went on to become one of the most advanced civilizations in the ancient world. Oh, and his lost city? It just got found. Using high-tech laser scanners known as LIDAR, archaeologists have stripped back the jungle and pinpointed the ruins. So I'm setting off for Southeast Asia to see the lost city for myself. My ultimate goal? Immersing myself in Cambodia's past to discover if the legend of the Linga is real. More importantly, could it hold a potentially lethal power? My name is Josh Gates. With a degree in archaeology and a passion for exploration, I have a tendency to end up in some very strange situations. There has got to be... A better way to make a living. My travels have taken me to the ends of the earth as I investigate the greatest legends in history. We're good to fly, let's go. This is Expedition Unknown. Early afternoon in the city of Phnom Penh. Shouldering the banks of the mighty Mekong River, it is a confusing and beautiful assault on the senses. 
I'm here to begin my journey to reach the lost city, but with a few hours to kill before meeting my first contact, I've got time to soak up the capital. Southeast Asian markets are kind of a one-stop shop for anything. We got fruit, we got flowers, we got religious offerings, dodgy stacks of foreign currency, you name it. The seafood couldn't get any fresher. Pick them up? Like, what are those? Whoa! Tried to escape. But the appetizers here can be a challenge. What in the holy hell is this thing? I mean, this is from another planet. A water cockroach, of course, delicious in the hot afternoon sun. A lot of protein, a lot of protein in this. And if the city doesn't overwhelm you, there's always the heat. Let's talk about the temperature for a second. Um, I wish there was a way for me to communicate this. Picture being inside a wood-burning oven that is inside a volcano that is on the surface of the sun. That's roughly where we're at right now in terms of temperature. It's warm. There have been many landlords here, and most did little to impress their tenants. In the past 100 years alone, this has been French Indochina, a Japanese-occupied territory, and a kingdom torn apart by civil war. In the middle of town, sits Tuolsve Pre High School, which was turned into a detention center during the country's darkest chapter. From 1975 to 1979, Cambodia fell under the thumb of the Khmer Rouge, a radical communist party that longed to return to the glory of the Khmer Empire and to exercise their own godlike powers. They tried, in a sense, to turn back time by emptying the cities and forcing the population into primitive agricultural slavery. The sick, the educated, anyone who spoke out was killed. When it was all over, more than two million people died in the Cambodian genocide. Today, they stare back at visitors in a stunned collective silence. A lot of these people knew when the photo was taken that they were going to be executed. This young kid, they got a chain around his neck, and he's about to be killed. Apologies. Some things are just too insane to make sense of. But against the odds, hope has proved irrepressible in Cambodia. And today, life goes on. What are these guys? I need some good luck. Cambodia's tarnished capital is today in the midst of a rebirth. You ready for this? Yeah. Here we go. Everywhere you look, life is returning to normal. My first mission is to sit down with my old friend Nick Ray, one of the first journalists to jump on the story of the lost city whose name I can barely pronounce. It's called Mahindra Parvata. Mahindra Parvata. Exactly. And basically, using this new technology called LiDAR, this sort of military-grade, high technology that can pierce through the earth and the jungle canopy, they suddenly found out that this was a much bigger city, a vast, vast complex up on this jungle plateau. It's the birthplace of the Khmer Empire. It's where, in 802, Jayavarman II, he invoked the power of the Hindu god Shiva. So how does one become a god king? What's the, what's the move? 
He takes a linga. Linga in Hinduism is a phallic symbol. And this holy priest uses these magic rituals to bring this power of Shiva down into this object, which is then put into a yoni, or a female fertility symbol. And this gives Jayavarman II and the power of Shiva on Earth to make him the most powerful king Southeast Asia had ever seen. Is there a lot of local lore and legend about the mountain itself? Definitely so. There's certainly belief that there could be the ghost of the God King himself. It's a place, you know, of, of real, real mystery. From here, the ruins are 200 miles away. Nick suggests I travel from Phnom Penh by 4x4, through the city of Batambang, and then to the ancient capital of Siem Reap, which is just 30 miles from the dig site. Once you're in Siem Reap, you're okay to go up by dirt bike or four-wheel drive to get to the, the main part of the mountain, but okay. then your problems start. The roads are gonna be a big issue because, well, there aren't any roads. <laughs> and then there's the landmines. Why is it so mined? because the Khmer Rouge, they were overthrown pretty much from 79 until the late 1990s. They hid up there, and to defend it against the government, they planted mines everywhere. And how much of that mountain do you think has been cleared? None of them have deemed it mark. Do not stray from the path. Josh, can I give you a top up? Oh yeah. Say one thing, I'm never gonna find this lost city if we keep drinking. <laughs> By the light of a new day, I'm leaving Phnom Penh and following Nick's directions to the north. So it should be about a eight-hour drive up to Siem Reap through the city of Batambang. In Batambang, I plan to meet with an expert who knows more about the legendary power of the Linga. Driving here is not for the faint of heart, as lanes are merely suggestions, and other drivers crowd the road with slightly oversized loads. But beyond the grip of the city, the traffic thins, and my Cambodian road trip is finally getting underway. It's a bit like driving in a time machine, with each passing mile, the trappings of the modern world fade and give way to a landscape and ways of life that haven't changed much in the last thousand years. As soon as you get outside of the cities, it all just drops away. Tons of rice paddies, a lot of agriculture, very rural. Nearly six hours into the drive, however, it's back to reality. Well, I was making really good time. And now I am driving in a field. Okay, this is not good. With the construction backed up for miles and no other road, I'm going to have to find another way to get to Batambang. Next. Luckily, there's a train here. Sort of. All aboard the Bamboo Railroad. A bullet train it is not, but it gets the job done. When the French abandoned their stake in Cambodia in 1953, they took their trains, but left behind the tracks. Is there a bathroom on this? So the enterprising locals made their own locomotives, also known as a creaking wooden platform powered by a rubber belt and an outboard motor. The tracks are barely aligned, and the bridges aren't exactly up to code. Dodgy bridge. Generally, the whole thing feels like an open-air death trap, which is to say, it's pretty fucking awesome. For me? Oh, thank you very much. Yes, I look like a middle-aged woman on an Eat, Pray, Love tour, but considering the 115 degree heat, I'm cool with that. The Bamboo Railroad is an ingenious system. That is, until you realize that these tracks are used to travel in both directions. Uh-oh. We're gonna die. I'm crossing Cambodia to reach a lost city deep in the jungle. 
I was headed to interview an expert, who I hope can give me more information on the supernatural artifact that could be hiding in the ruins, when suddenly I encounter an oncoming train. Uh Uh-oh, we're going to die. One, two, three, four, five, six versus one, two, three, four, five. Okay, we lose. Standoffs along the Bamboo Railroad are solved without argument. The arbiter? Simple math. The train with more passengers wins. Yay, And the losers have to disassemble their locomotive and move the whole contraption further down the line. Okay. Good? Okay, we're back. All aboard. Next stop, Badenbong. After several more kilometers of ass-busting travel, we sputter our way into Badenbong. Though the rail yards here have seen better days, this is, in many ways, the heart and soul of the country. It is a patchwork quilt of history, remnants of war, signs of peace. Just another confusing day in Cambodia. I have a few hours before my meeting with an antiquities expert, so I hike up to the edge of a remote mountain for a glimpse of something magical. Every night at sunset, about a million bats supposedly shoot out of this cave, going out to feed for the night. This should be quite a show. As the sun sets, I sit down with the expert who has insider information about the lost city. He has agreed to be interviewed only if we hide his identity, since the ruins could be targeted by Tomb Raiders. Not the hot girl from the video game, but actual, real-life Tomb Raiders. It is a real problem. It is a very big problem. So if I want to buy a a relic, I want to buy a sandstone, small sandstone statue from a dig, how much do you think? The one in the good condition, it costs uh, more than 10,000 US dollars. Wow. Yeah. And so what about this lost city? Is this a place that looters are targeting? Yes. What do they hope to find there? Sandstone statues. Mm Mm-hmm and especially the Linga. They believe that the Linga has the immense power. Do the looters know where the dig site is yet? I think they know. You think they do know? It is their business, yeah? Yeah. So they always keep their ears open. If these artifacts fall in the hand of the bad people, we are not only losing the, the artifact, but we are losing the identity of our country. Early the next morning, I'm renewing my efforts to reach Siem Reap, the gateway to the lost city. I've taken the Bamboo Railroad to its last stop, so I'm switching to Cambodia's original highway system. It's a six-hour steam from Badambong to Siem Reap, with my route taking me across the Great Tonle Sap Lake. It was once the lifeblood of the ancient Khmer Empire, and for countless modern Cambodians, it still is. So this is the floating village. You've got 5,000, 10,000 people living out here in hundreds of these floating homes. It's basically a totally self-sufficient ecosystem. They've got markets, gas stations, restaurants, schools, churches, you name it. Pretty amazing. It even has its own version of a 7-Eleven. Hey, I want something to drink. Do you have um, you have beer? One dollar. One. 
I mean, you know, I get used to this. New day, new city. I finally made it to the edge of Siem Reap, but now I have to face the biggest threat to my journey, landmines. I'm at the nearby Cambodian Landmine Museum to meet with Aki Ra, one of the world's foremost authorities on their disposal. Aki Ra. Hi. Hello. Yeah, hello. Nice to see you. Nice to see you I'm too. Akira, yeah. Thank you very much for talking with me. I appreciate yeah. it. How long have you been clearing landmines? For uh, 20 years. How many landmines are left in Cambodia? Still uh, four or five million left. Four or five million? Yeah. Left. Active landmines? Yeah. And how old were you when you became Khmer Rouge? Uh, about 10 years old. Aki Ra was recruited as a child soldier after the Khmer Rouge murdered both of his parents. Under their command, he personally laid thousands of mines. Now, he's on a mission of redemption, personally removing every explosive he can find. How many do you think that you've cleared? I clear almost uh, 50,000 landmines. And will you show me how to spot them? Yeah, I can show you. Will it be safe? Safe, yeah. Akira agrees to teach me how to avoid mines by taking me along for a first-hand look at the terrifying reality that all Cambodians have to live with. This is not a good sign. This minefield was discovered right next to a village and has not been fully cleared. What is this going to do? The protective suits aren't exactly out of the hurt locker. Great. Okay, follow me, please. Not safe. Not safe. Safe. Did he find something? Yeah, yeah. He found a mine? Yeah. This is about three feet from where I'd been walking not five minutes ago. So he's just found a, a landmine back there. He's gonna reveal it a little bit and then they're gonna get ready to detonate it. If you stepped on that, it would take off your leg. Yeah. Are there any other things I should avoid? Places I should not go? Mainly leave like this. Be careful. If there's leaf cover, uh-huh. Yeah. And what else? Like this, you can step on. Uh -huh. But when the tree grow up like this, you can step on. Uh-huh. So anywhere there's a tree, right there is pretty safe. Yeah. Okay. Having spent some time learning critical skills on where to step in these booby trap jungles, it's time to detonate this mine from a safe distance. Mine is transported by hand to a safe detonation place, which seems insane. And so now what happens? You're gonna you're gonna blow it up here? Yeah, I destroy it here. Sounds uh, sketchy. Let's do it. Think you have a tough job? This is a dangerous job. You sit down like this, uh -huh. there, because the uh, explosive will come like this. Uh -huh. yeah, protect this, only in front. Get, get this in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have to close your neck because a lot of fragments come. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. this goes up yeah. here, yes? Okay, and then straight and you do. Got it. Okay, the device is armed. Yeah. Stand by. Stand by. And firing now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. While investigating an active minefield in Cambodia, a powerful explosive has been discovered just a few feet away. Disposing of these mines requires moving them by hand before rigging them with a detonator. Stand by. And... Firing now! Unbelievable. 30-foot by 60-foot explosion, just from this one little device. One more down, four or five million to go. Thank you, Akira. Thank you. After seeing what one mine is capable of, I'm heading into the city of Siem Reap with a new appreciation for the dangers beneath my feet. Legend says that on a nearby mountain, King Jayavarman II used powerful magic, placing a sacred stone relic known as a linga, into a pedestal called Ayani, allowing him to tap into the power of the gods. And down here in Siem Reap, there is compelling evidence of that power. This town was little more than a provincial outpost when French explorers pushed through the dense jungles in the 19th century on a mission to rediscover lost temples. What they found was far beyond anything they could have ever imagined. Nearly 50 years after taking power, Jayavarman II passed away, his city swallowed by the jungle. But the empire he started only grew. Future kings moved down the mountain and used the same magic and rituals, and what they built here 
does seem beyond the ability of mortal men. From the overgrown ruins of Tapram, to the majestic stone gates of Angkor Tom, each king attempted to outdo his predecessor on a scale that's almost unimaginable. One god-king constructs a sandstone temple. Another installs a 2,000-foot-long royal bathtub. One even plastered 216 massive carvings of his own face on the soaring Bayon Temple. And at the center of it all sits Angkor Wat, the largest religious structure in the world. A 600-foot-wide hand-dug moat kept back the cloying vines of the jungle, preserving the mother of all temples. It is quite literally heaven on earth, a representation of the home of the Hindu gods and, of course, the king. John Mixick is an expert on the Khmer Empire and knows the exact coordinates of the ruins, but I also want his opinion on the linga before risking my life on a wild goose chase. Tell me about Phnom Kulin, the holy mountain. This is where Jayavarman II became a god-king. Yes, for hundreds of years thereafter, they always refer to that ritual. Makes it a pretty potent object, I would assume. That's right, it could instantly turn you into ashes. So what do you think happened to Jayavarman II's linga? What, what do you think happened to this potent image of Shiva? Could it still be up there in the jungle? It could well be. I would not put it out of the range of possibility. It's only now being cleared off. Anxious to reach the remote dig site, I decide to take a direct route to the mountain. John agrees to drop me off as close as possible to the lost city. Our flight plan will take us 30 miles north of Siem Reap to a remote village on the mountain. From there, I'll use John's coordinates to reach the dig site by motorbike. In terms of these dig sites, what are they actively digging up right now? Well, what we're looking at now, we're hoping, is Jayawarman II's palace. That's incredible. For the Cambodians, to find Jayawarman II's palace would be one of the major discoveries of all time. Soaring high above the jungles, the country seems to unfold like an endless green map. And soon, the ground rises up as we approach our destination. That's Phnom Kulen straight ahead of us now. There it is. There's Phnom Kulen. The holy mountain. There's only one road up it, and as the rest is all footpaths through the forest. So it's still heavily forested, still landmines. Still landmines, I'm afraid, and still lots of wild animals up there, too. Beautiful. Okay, I can see a nice place to put it down. I'm on my way to find a lost Cambodian city that's rumored to hold a mystical and powerful artifact that has the power to turn men into gods. The pilot descends onto a clearing in a mountain village. John has given me the coordinates to find the lost city and has dropped me as close as possible to the dig site. I've finally reached the holy mountain of the God King. Granted, it wasn't my most subtle entrance. Sasade! Sasade, Sasade! whole village turned out. Now it gets really hard. This is the village of Praya Ang Tom. It's the absolute end of the line for most, since it's impossible to drive a 4x4 any deeper into the interior. It's also home to a mystical temple, where visitors come to stock up on spiritual protection for the journey ahead. It's hot and that's a lot of stairs. Okay. Amidst the smoke, the monks, and the religious relics is this. A stone linga and yani pedestal, and they're still being used in sacred rituals. 
is essentially a modern version of of what has evolved from the original ceremony that Jayavarman II did in 802 AD. A Hindu priest blesses supplicants with water, which is made holy by flowing around the linga and through the yani. And while I'm not sure this particular rock is going to turn me into a god king, considering I'm about to go into a deadly jungle, I'll take all the help I can get. At a bare minimum, it's the first shower I've had in three days. I head back into the village for the most challenging part of my trip. To reach the archaeologists at the dig site, I'll have to navigate through a heavily landmined jungle. To do that, I need some wheels. I need a bike. I need a motorcycle for rent. Yeah, you can, I can you rent? Can, you know, yeah. yeah? This one comes with half a bottle of water, which is good. And this one has a sweet basket. This guy looks pretty beat up. I don't want this. What about that bike? And then I saw her. The marginally least crappy bike in the fleet. This, you're hiding the good yeah, yeah. bike. This is the good one, yeah? Right. This is number one. Yeah, it's number one. Okay, I'll take this one. A momentary pit stop in the rural Cambodian version of a gas station for a quick fill-up. Give me the high octane. Give me the uh, Fanta. That's the high test stuff, right? Cambodian gas station uh, fuel is in a old soda bottle. Feels like there's a little bit of potential for some dangerous confusion there, but hey, it works. And then it's time to head into the unknown. My goal is close at hand, to be one of the first outsiders to document the lost city and look for evidence that the story of Jayavarman's ceremony is more than just a myth. Lost city, here I come. On either side of these narrow trails, the mountain is littered with deadly explosives, and staying upright is something of a challenge. This is some fucking road. Whoa, almost went down there. Oh, can somebody get a machete back here, please? After a punishing ride, I spot a clearing and pull the bike over. What I see next takes my breath away. Look at this. I have finally reached the edge of the lost city of Mahendra Parvata. No tourists, no people. If you want to talk about real discovery, real adventure, this is it. There's nobody up here. Nobody comes up here. These stone temples are a thousand years old and were first spotted by French archaeologists in the 1930s. Amazing. However, the full extent of the ruins remained elusive until just recently. Unbelievable. Look at that. So cool. Nearby, there's more evidence that I'm headed toward the heart of the lost city. So at one time... This is a road that would have gone all the way down to the valley below, down to where Angkor Wat is today. And people would have made a pilgrimage up here to the holy mountain. And they've carved these incredible stone animals up here. Over the hill, I discover something else, people. Here, far from the outside world, an army of excavators is living and working deep in the jungle to reveal a city buried for centuries. With the threat of looters, few outsiders are allowed to see the site. And I'm lucky that John called ahead and secured permission. Hey, hey Chen. Welcome. You nice must to meet be you. Joss. Yes, right. nice to meet you. Yeah. That's my good nice friend, Darif. Nice to meet you. Let's start with this. Why, why did you choose to hone in on this area? Well, we suspect that this was the royal compound for yeah. the very first king of the Angkorian Empire. 
So you think that this area we're in now was part of Jayavarman II's royal enclosure? To the best of our knowledge, to the best of the information that we have today, we believe it is the site. Tell me a little bit about what the LiDAR showed up here. Oh, okay. Well, LiDAR is a new technology where they send this light through various levels of the, of the canopy. Right. You know, it's a bit like radar. Literally, it shows you the outlines. LiDAR works by firing bursts of lasers from above. The beams allow archaeologists to virtually strip back the jungle canopy and see not only ruins, but objects hidden underground. In this case, the LiDAR revealed the lost city of Mahendra Parvata, a huge network of roads, structures, and habitations. All of this is jungle over here, and it just stripped yeah. away, and you can see a perfect outline of the site. Yeah. When the data came out, we were, all of us was blown away. Look at those lines. Are those roads? Yeah. So like 1,200 years ago, like, you know, there were highways cutting through this plateau. It's amazing. We're right yeah. here, yeah, this little square. What would you like to find up here? I think it would be great if we can find uh, the signature of the king, isn't it? Yeah. Perhaps you find Jayavarman II's linga. Right, that would be great. Just up the trail was Jean-Baptiste Chivance, the leading archaeologist at the lost city. Are you JB? Oh, yeah. Who showed me another major find. So you see this block here? It's yes. A, it's a laterite block. Uh -huh. This is typical of uh, archaeological feature. So you started with just this? Yeah. And then, well, let's see. Yeah, show me. Yeah. Before the LiDAR, JB spent years up here excavating individual pieces of the city. This one stone was a clue that something was nearby. But it took the LiDAR to reveal that this may have been the edge of a massive monastery. There are pretty skills with the uh, building. Then they start the wall, which is the best preserved uh, section we have here. These stone walls and delicate roof tiles haven't been seen by anyone for a millennium. And it turns because it continues on this way? Well, that's just the, the west, uh, the right. east. Whoa, scorpion! My long journey to find the lost city of the God King has brought me deep into the jungles of Cambodia. I've found spectacular ruins of the city, as well as the archaeologists who are revealing it brick by brick. I'm also learning that this is a place brimming with danger. Whoa, Scorpion, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. JB, I just saved your life. Thanks, thanks, man. <laughs> you get a lot of these here? Yeah, yeah. Basically, the trench is a very good trap. He looks pissed off, too. Yeah, he's not happy. He's probably hungry. And then how do you get them out of there? We ask my crazy assistant to pick them up. Pick! What's it? Your, your pick? Yeah. He just said that you were crazy. No, 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 I'm a bit... Yeah, half, half. <laughs> half crazy? Yeah, half crazy. Completely crazy. What's up? Well, you want that? No, I don't want it. Just don't get bitten. Pick! <laughs> You are legitimately an insane person. You need to be evaluated professionally. Oh, you really do have a crazy assistant. Yeah. yeah. The trenches that I'd seen were amazing, but neither seemed to be the right fit for Jayavarman's ceremony site. To connect with the gods, he probably used the top of the mountain. So that's where I needed to get to. With night falling and a storm on the horizon, I was about to pack it in, when I received a surprising offer. I can take you to a place nobody knows about. Like a secret place? Yeah, like a secret place. Yeah. A new place? Yeah. This is what I came for. Pick has agreed to take me to a location that archaeologists are only just beginning to explore. And we can get there in the dark? Yeah, we can get it in the dark. The boat is very bad. Very bad? Yeah, very bad. Let's go for it, come on. All right, let's go. Go, lead the way. All right. I'm behind you. With night upon us and a thunderstorm on the horizon, this could be a huge mistake. 
but Pick drives on, leading me to an area that is seldom seen by outsiders. Here? All right, yeah, yeah. We're near the top of the mountain. This is ground zero for the legend of Jayavarman. Could this be the spot where he conducted his mystical ceremony? With a storm fast approaching, we immediately begin to search for evidence. Whoa, whoa, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Snake, 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 snake. Green snake? Green snake, yeah. It's poisonous, yeah? It's very poisonous, deadly poison. Deadly poison? Yeah, deadly poison. That bites us? What happens? Oh, you're dead, man. You may be crazy, but you got a good eye. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at this. Big overhang, yeah? Oh my god, look at this. Oh my god. These carvings look to be about 1,200 years old and are beautifully preserved. This is an incredible find and has been seen by few outsiders. And the inscriptions indicate that this site was likely used for rituals. Look at this pick. This is the world's worst bridge. Looks, it looks very safe. <laughs> pick, I've seen a lot of bad bridges before. <laughs> this may be the worst. The worst one ever. Oh my God. Okay, I'm across. Are you coming over? I weigh twice as much as you. If it didn't collapse for me, you should be fine. Oh, look at this. Huge Yoni. Pick has led us to a perfectly preserved stone Yoni. Look at the size of this thing. You want to go around the leader yeah. and I'm coming up through the uni. Yeah. And it's just like the one I saw at the temple in Prayang Tom, except yeah. 1,200 years old. This ancient sandstone vessel once held a linga. Though the relic is missing, the Yanni is further evidence that this mountain was once the site of mystical ceremonies and could even have been the location where Jayavarman became a living god. I've seen more than enough to convince me that Jayavarman's ceremony actually took place, though his magic is still a mystery. We decide to push on, and ominously, the weather pushes back. Even I'm starting to get wrapped up in the legend of the God King. Locals think this whole mountain is basically haunted. They say that the, the spirit of Jayavarman is up here, and I have to say with the rain and the thunder and the lightning, it's, uh, it is a, a very freaky place. Looks like old footholds? Uh, old steps. Old steps? Yeah. That was the craziest bolt of lightning I've ever seen. That was like some power of God shit. Finally, the lightning strikes and thunderclaps feel like they're right on top of us. We quickly head back to the bikes to end our investigation and escape the storm. Come on. Come on. 
Unfortunately, the rain has turned the trails to mud, and it is now dangerous going on the mountain. We make it down as far as the village, but with the rain coming down in sheets, we take shelter in Pick's jungle home. So we're about halfway down the mountain. Yeah. Now what? Beer time. Beer time, <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's take a load off. I can uh, reassess my life decisions up to this point. Though my drinking companions are mostly former Khmer Rouge soldiers and one crazy local guide, I am happy to have a roof over my head and a bit of light in an otherwise imposing jungle. Pick, is this light on a generator? Yeah. Is all the power on a generator? Yeah. What time does it go off? Uh, 9.15. By the light of a new day, I head down the mountain and back towards civilization. There's obviously more to be found here, but it will take years to fully excavate the city. I gotta get some coffee. History tells us that the quest for absolute power is a dangerous desire. For the god kings of the Khmer Empire, the power of the Linga, or at least the perception of that power, allowed them to build artistic achievements without equal. For the Khmer Rouge, absolute power gave rise to the very darkest and most deadly aspects of human nature. In truth, this country has always been a puzzle to me. Not because of the history, but because of the people who keep picking themselves up and dusting themselves off. They have adapted, they have endured, and they are, despite everything, filled with hope for the future. The story of Cambodia is still being written, from both ends of the book. At this very moment, on a heavily landmined mountain, daring archaeologists are discovering the very first chapter. We now know that the story of Jayavarman is more than a myth. His city has been revealed by 21st century technology, and the jungle is giving up his long-held secrets. Having found a ceremonial Yanni, there may well be a Linga here too. But does it wield the fearsome power of the gods? As archaeologists continue to shift this ancient soil, new discoveries will be made, and the lost artifact of power could be next, waiting just beneath our feet. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Welcome back to Two Judgy Girls. I'm Mary from the Bay. And I'm Courtney from L.A. TJG is the podcast where we spill all the tea on your favorite reality TV shows, celebrity gossip, and everything in between. We're here to bring you our unfiltered opinions, hilarious commentary, and plenty of laughs along the way. We're two SDSU Delta Gamma sisters with a microphone and a whole lot of opinions. Each week, we dive headfirst into the wild world of reality television from Bravo to all the trash TV you could want. We break down the drama, dissect the latest scandals, and share our thoughts on everything from the jaw-dropping moments to the embarrassing antics. But that's not all. We're not here to just gossip. We're here to connect with you, the jurors, and share our love of all things pop culture. Whether we're dishing on the latest celebrity breakups, discussing our favorite guilty pleasure movies, or sharing embarrassing stories from our own lives, we promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Come judge with us. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs> 